You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. Uh, thank you for joining us on this podcast and uh, welcome back. Um, we have been on our usual uh, December, January break here on the podcast. Uh, seems like each year around this time with the holidays and uh, life and everything, we uh, usually take a little bit of time off to reset and uh, hopefully come back better than ever. Thank you for um, everyone who has stuck around with us. Um, we've uh, had the the new year off to a good start at It's All Dead. We um, Every year we uh, kind of start off by doing these sort of mini features on our most anticipated music that we think will come uh, in the uh, in the new year. And it's kind of been a running joke since we've started that, that we regularly misfire and things that we anticipate don't end up actually happening. Well, last year, I contributed four things to that list, and all four things did not happen. Uh, so that was like an all-time swing and a miss on my part. But uh, we've we've run the stuff for this year, and already one of mine has happened. And uh, one of our uh, guests today, Nadia, one of her most anticipated things of the year is coming to fruition. So we're excited to talk about those things. But first, Nadia, welcome to the podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How's it been? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been. Uh, been better, but I am ready to uh, make make 2020 strong from here on out. At least that's Let's my my intent. So, um, well, like I said, we, uh, you know, did our, our write-ups for things that we're looking forward to in the new year. One of my things was uh, around My Chemical Romance, either a tour or new music. We are definitely getting a tour. That's been a whole thing uh, that we're going to talk about. And you, uh, your big one was Haley Williams. You kind of teased that something was going to happen this year, and now it is definitely happening. We've got two singles. There is an album on the way, and there's a whole lot to talk about. So I'm excited to to dig into all of that. Um, but b- before we do, like I mentioned, My Chemical Romance uh, is hitting the road this year. Um, they're they're going to be at Riot Fest in Chicago, which uh, we've talked about a lot on the site and podcast. It's, uh, it's an event that I enjoy attending, and I'm hopeful to be able to be there this year to see uh, one of my all-time favorite bands back in action. Um, but tickets officially went on sale. We're recording this uh, on a Saturday, February 1st. Welcome to, to February, by the way. Um, and, and yesterday, tickets officially went on sale for these shows that they've announced. And uh, it, was a, it was a little bit of a fiasco. I kind of followed it a little bit on Twitter. But, uh, Nadia, I think you may even know a little bit more about what all actually transpired. Like, the best way that I can describe it is um, like a feeding frenzy. um i didn't even i didn't even give it a shot um personally i'm not like the biggest my chemical romance fan and i was talking to one of my friends about it and he was like so you're gonna get tickets and i was like well i was thinking about it and then first of all they're like a hundred bucks to get even like into the stadium not even not even i don't even think floor tickets were a hundred bucks i think like nosebleeds were a hundred bucks which is crazy um and i almost felt like i would have been taking tickets from people who like deserved them more like who have been following the band since you know like before the hiatus and stuff so i didn't even give it a shot but a lot of my um like music twitter was going crazy about it and not a lot of them got tickets so, yeah yeah well, like waiting in line for hours 
Yeah, and there seemed to be like no sense to the the way the queue was set up. I know there was a lot of backlash to Ticketmaster, which well, isn't surprising because um, they, you know, I actually, um, uh, my wife and I are going to see Alanis Morissette when she comes through um, Indianapolis this summer, and it's just crazy the the fees. I know it's like a, a you know, people have talked about it so much that it's like doesn't even make sense to complain anymore. It's but like it's like, yeah, some of these. <laughs> Some of these shows, like it's almost like doubling the ticket price just to be able to attend. Um, but yeah, that's a bummer just because, like, you know, I think people want to celebrate this My Chemical Romance thing so much. Um, and then something like yesterday happens and there's people that can't get tickets that really want them. Uh, there's a whole bunch of frustration. So it's a bummer that it kind of had to start off that way. But I'm hopeful that there's a way for people that, that do want to attend this to be able to, to make it out. What, one of the things that's been interesting to me, so. You know, in 2016, uh, Kyle Schultz and I did a podcast to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Black Parade, which is kind of the band's biggest album. And we had a whole conversation about, is My Chemical Romance the biggest band to come from the modern scene? Like, if you were to stack them up against a Fall Out Boy, for an example, like, where do they rank? And my, my thing was... I felt like that moment with the Black Parade was bigger than anything we've seen, just from a, a global impact perspective. Um, I, I still feel that way, and man, it's hard to argue the the relevance of this band given everything. I mean, even yesterday is a perfect example. Like, if they dropped an album next week, I mean, there's nobody that's going to outsell that album, right? I mean, it just seems like the the fan base for this band is still still so strong. Even people that were like tertiarily impacted by this band and kind of like into a song or two get like really fired up about my chemical romance is that i can't am, believe am they're I... back really i think like because i'm in that tertiary level of like fanhood and i just yeah. really could not even believe it when they actually did come back like they like said they were going to so yeah. do you do you have some friends that are really into the band uh, i have a lot of like I mean, I'm not older, like older friends who were around the scene a lot um, more than I was back in the day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say that they're not like diehards, but they're they're fans. Well, give me your perspective then. So if you're saying like their heyday was something that you were kind of there for, but kind of not there for just from an age perspective, like how do you think about My Chemical Romance well, and so their not, place? It's like in age and a culture standpoint like i would not have been allowed to say the words my chemical romance in my house you know like mm. at, during their like span of popularity um Interesting. so you know just based on like i mean we've talked a little bit about like my history with being only able to listen to like tooth and nail bands and you know like sure clean music so um my chemical romance is definitely off the table um but now like i i bought welcome to the black parade i love that album um, I was excited when it turned 10, but other than that, like that's pretty much where I stop, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's, we've, we've done a ton of reflections on this band since it's all dead has existed. And three cheers for sweet revenge is arguably my favorite album of all time. Uh, I've talked about it extensively. Um, I was able to see this band both before they broke big, I uh, saw them play a, a small club show in Oklahoma city before, um, you know, they were on MTV or kind of taking off the way they did, which was still to this day, one of my favorite shows I've ever been to back when it felt like I, they were my band back yeah, then. Definitely. Um, and then I had the opportunity to see them play an arena show opening for blink 182 years later. And so I've kind of, 
uh, experience the the full spectrum of this band. And I, I am excited to see where this goes. I would love to uh, to make it out and, and see them play again. But I, I'll be interested to see like what more comes with this if we are actually going to get new music. And you know, I I'm content if we don't. Um, we've we've talked about the the work this band has created, and I think they've given us a lot of great stuff. It's not necessary to get more, but um, it certainly would be fascinating if we did get it. Um, so that's one thing uh, that we were anticipating for this year. Uh, the big one for you is Haley Williams. Um, when you wrote that that uh, piece on, you know, what we might get from her this year, what were you expecting versus what we've received over the past couple of weeks? Has this kind of met your expectations? Has it thrown you off a little bit? I mean, what's, what's your whole experience been like it's with it? It's totally exceeded my expectations. So when she said, you know, announcement coming January 22nd or whatever day it was, I assumed it was going to be literally an announcement. Um, and we got the first single simmer and then we got a music video, which um, were both like, very good. And I like, I don't know. I don't even know what to talk about. It's like so good. Um, I'm just so excited to see her really branch out here. Um, and I actually watched the video and I was like Bjork who, because she like totally went off in her own like creative path here. Um, and I was just like really excited to see that. Cause I feel like she, as much as she's obviously like her own person, her own artist. I feel like she's been very pigeonholed into the whole like emo circle. Um, and she's just starting to break out into like, I mean, I don't want to say like pop music because you know, she is like part of the pop scene. Um, like I feel like she really has started to break out these past few years. And it's like really exciting and, um, rewarding for me as a fan. So I can't even imagine how like she must feel about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's been really fascinating to kind of experience all of this. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what to expect, I guess. Um, Paramore is one of my all time favorite bands. Um, and, and I would put their discography up against pretty much any band that I follow and enjoy that, that band has meant a lot to me for gosh, 15 years now, which is crazy. Um, and, and Haley Williams is, is Paramore, you know, um, and we kind of know that band and, and what they do. And, and, you know, even, uh, with what we got with, uh, the last album after laughter, I think that changed the perception of some people in some people's minds about who Paramore is. But if you're a Paramore fan, it felt in line with, um, with what we love about that band. So it didn't really throw me for a loop. I will say my first listen to Simmer again, going in, not knowing what to expect it, it, I guess it did kind of catch me off guard Uh, and it took me a few listens to kind of like start to really get into it um, and, and get a feel for like what, what she was doing. Um, I will say of the two tracks so far, leave it alone has been the one that I like a little bit better. It's just a little bit more my style, I think. And I kind of like the, the quietness of it. Um, It's definitely a slow burn, but it's a, it's a really, really intriguing, song and the way that she's done this with the music videos too and i guess like the leave it alone video where she's kind of like coming out of the cocoon and kind of this rebirth and one of the things i thought about watching that is like how many times it, it just breaks my heart because like how many times have we seen Haley williams have to like go through a moment of turmoil and have this sort of rebirth moment and come out on the other side stronger i mean she's somebody that's like almost every single album cycle has had things that to go through which we all do but Haley williams is you know someone that's uh worn her heart on her sleeve and 
um, the the inner conflict of that band has been very public. And so it's just one of those things where like my heart breaks for her, but I'm happy for her again to like watch her come out on the other side. But it's just, it's, I don't know, that feels very visceral to me. Yeah, what's funny is I actually, um, I had started right before you sent me the link to write down a couple of thoughts about it. And um, I had put Simmer and Leave It Alone are like the most honest tracks we've heard from her. Um, and that's not to say, obviously, like the emo genre that they've they've come from is known for being like brutally honest. Um, but I just feel like this is a deeper level to her that we just haven't seen before. Um, like we see in Brighter, like obviously that the, the band has experienced loss in their life. Um, but I just feel like these two tracks really like take that to another level. Um, and you yeah. really get to see like, um, I guess like... I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like her, um, like her inner thoughts almost. Um, it's just yeah. more of a transparent like piece of music than we've received from Paramore, which is saying a lot because Paramore's always been very transparent. Right. Well, given what we've heard with these two tracks, what are your expectations for pedals for armor? Like, do you feel like it's going to lean more in the simmer direction, more in the leave it alone direction? Is it going to be something completely different? I mean, we're, we're seeing now, uh, you know, we saw it last year with Billie Eilish, which just won, uh, you know, her album, won album of the year at the Grammys. Uh, we've seen it with Halsey at the start of this year where artists are kind of taking a unique approach uh, with albums, at least in the pop sphere, with the amount of, I don't know, different genre sounds within a given album. It's like, how, how can you tell a story and be uh, bold in the way that you approach it from a sound perspective? I feel like that's what pedals for armor could be is one of those albums where like every track is a little bit different, but it all kind of threads itself together or something. Yeah, for sure. I was totally a little bit surprised that, um, I just said totally a little bit, totally means all a little bit, (laughs) whatever. Um, I was surprised that it didn't have that eighties influence that after laughter did. I thought Mm -hmm. maybe she was going to lean more into that. Um, so I was a little bit surprised when it kind of went into more of like, um, I don't even know what genre that is. Like it's not blues, I guess. Like it's not jazz. I don't really know what it is. Um, it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely a darker vibe yeah. to these songs than we're used to. She was talking about like, leave it alone. And like, um, like the loss that she's felt in these past few years, like, and she hasn't been present for it. And, um, I just feel like that's something that we don't often see, like in an artist, you know what I mean? Like they don't often mm-hmm. like reflect on things that way. Um, and I feel like Haley hasn't really in any of Paramore's music either. I think she's always kind of um, kept some of the things to herself, which she totally deserves to. Um, she's lived almost her whole life from, you know, 13 on in the spotlight. So um, if she wants to keep things to herself, she can. But I just feel like this is uh, such a new, like, raw chapter for her. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I mentioned we're 15 years into this band and I can remember all the way back to the riot days, that album cycle where there was this undercurrent of like, Oh, Haley's going to go solo. Um, it's always been there. And even when, uh, you know, Josh and Zach initially left the band and there was that whole story of how Haley was, the record deal was signing her as a solo artist, but they were going to release music under the name Paramore. And there's been all, all this talk for years about like, is Paramore actually Haley Williams? Is Haley going to break off and do her own thing? It's been, we've talked about it for so long 
that now it almost feels like it, you know, it's not even a thing. I, I don't even know what to make of it, but what, what's your experience in thinking about Haley, the solo artist versus the Haley Williams we've known for 15 years as a part of Paramore? Well, what's funny is Taylor produced both tracks. So it's mm-hmm. not even, it's almost like Paramore is just like not creating a new album, but like kind of like Paramore, the collective is like creating a new album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it really, I don't even know if it feels like, I know it is Haley Williams, but I feel like it's still Paramore in a way. Um, I don't get that sense of separation. Like they were upset at each other and she decided it's time for me to make my own album. Like they're still just um, like, they're still growing together and willing to create with each other. Well, back when the conversation started and, you know, probably over a decade ago about, Oh, Haley's going to go solo. I feel like the conversation at the time was still under that sort of tired argument of like, oh, she's going to sell out and make a cash grab or she could be so much more successful as a solo artist than she could if she was confined to the scene. I think Paramore, the the experience we had with that band completely negated any dumb conversation like that because yeah. Paramore has been immensely successful. They've right. won a Not Grammy. Only have they've, they've been successful, but they've also broken out of the scene, just like you said, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So it, it was never this thing where like Haley going solo is because of X. Um, the only thing I can pull from here is that, but even, you know, after laughter felt different, it's like, were these songs just so far outside the bounds of what anybody could consider Paramore that it had to be released as Haley Williams solo music? I mean, that that's the interesting thing. And something I want to bring up, and I, I can't take credit for this. I will give credit to uh, Jack Appleby, who I um, saw talk about this on Twitter, just kind of like posit this, conversation think about panic of the disco um Mm. for several years now panic of the disco is literally brendan urie he's the only person in that band he writes all the songs he makes the music he he is panic of the disco and if you put you know panic of the disco's most recent albums up against something like pretty odd or fever you can't sweat out it sounds completely different the only thing it's the same is that the the guy singing the words is the same so it's just interesting because you, Brendan Urie, you know, he was featured on a, a Taylor Swift song last year, and it wasn't Taylor Swift featuring Panic of the Disco. It was Taylor Swift featuring Brendan Urie. It kind of like blurred these lines of like, well, Panic of the Disco is just Brendan Urie. So if we're saying Haley Williams is putting out these music and she's working with Taylor York and like it's all the Paramore stuff you would normally have, but it's released as Haley Williams, I'm just, it's just interesting, right? Like, um, Brendan made a cognitive decision to keep that Panic of the Disco name. Haley is choosing to release this as Haley Williams. I don't know if it means anything. It's just fascinating for these two sort of contemporary artists that came around at the same time in the same scene um, and have kind of taken a different approach to how they're going to make their art and what they're going to call it. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about, I guess. Yeah, I actually haven't thought about it that way. Um, But you bring up a good point. I mean... I, we've literally, like, like you've said, we've literally watched Haley Williams grow up and like, we've been there the whole time. I like, don't like to say this cause I'm sure she probably hears this all the time. Like, I feel like I know her, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I feel like we've, I've been walking like through my life and the things that Paramore puts out happen to be like just the experiences of my young adulthood, you know, mm-hmm. um, because they're kind of going through the same thing. So, um, I just like, I, I'm, ex- I'm kind of excited that she's taking on her own name 
because yeah. I feel like she's been giving to others for a very long time. Um, like between both, you know, Paramore and everything that's happened with them and all of their drama and their band members splitting up and this and that. And if Haley's going to go solo, like she, if it's an amic, like if it's like, if the decision is to be solo and it's support supported by the band, then there's no reason why she shouldn't be able to call it by her own name. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I no, feel that's like, interesting. Well, yeah. Like I feel like the whole deal, even with like Chad, you know, like it's always just like, it's always Haley with somebody. I feel like it hasn't been mm. just Haley for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she kind of deserves to have this, moment in the spotlight even though she is the front woman obviously like the spotlight's always on her but um like just standing alone in that for once yeah that uh is a really great point i think there's a level of autonomy and ownership to this um that is kind of profound in a way um to not be tied to this thing that also carries a lot of baggage i'm sure for david williams you know what i mean so um no that actually makes a ton of sense and 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 again, that's a that is her experience for sure. Yeah, um, a question this... that I have that I'm not sure if you've um, looked into is it, it through Fueled by Ramen? I haven't seen anything about that. That is a good question. I don't know the answer I to don't that. Know if it's being released independently. Uh, or not. It says through Atlantic. Okay. Um, and I think well, Fueled by Ramen is always ramen. fed up. Um, yeah. To Atlantic, so um, if you're signed to one, then you're right. kind yeah, of releasing it through that. Through so I wasn't sure if she was going to stick with Fueled by Ramen or like do this independently, but I, I guess not. Um, but yeah, that really makes a difference. It just out of curiosity. Yeah. Well, it, it does make a little bit of a difference just from the terms of what Atlantic can do to market right. it. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be much better at marketing this than because Paramore, no matter what, is always going to have certain expectations attached to it right. and a certain yeah. audience that it's supposedly directed toward. Um you know, and it, it, the funny thing about all this is, like, even if even if a Paramore album was coming out this year instead of a Haley Williams album, and again, what does it even matter at this point? It wouldn't be a pop punk album or something. No. You know, it'd be whatever the next thing is. So, um, you had mentioned you had made a playlist of like all of the different like things that Haley Williams has been featured on, and um, I, I think people the first time I remember Haley as like her name is on something was that B.O.B. song airplanes. That was kind of a hit about a decade ago. Um, There's actually been a lot of other things since then that have been like, she's been a part of like, tell me a little bit about what you discovered as you were going back. The playlist that I created about like 20 minutes ago already has 20 songs on it. So like, I mean, I mean, well, 19 counting her too. Um, her two, like, personally, like, Pedals for Armor songs. Um, so she covered Rainbow Connection with Weezer. Mm. Um, obviously, we have Stay the Night in Airplanes. She was featured on the American Football song last year, um, Uncomfortably Numb. She did a song with Churches. Obviously, she's done some stuff stuff with Newfound Glory and um, Chad Gilbert. Um, she is featured in... Lee and the church channel on say anything's in defense of the genre. Yeah. And she's featured on Fox's dream of the log flume and all circles on me without use 10 stories. Um, it's just like, she's on a chariot song that I never heard about. 
Oh um, yeah, I forgot about that. Like she, it's just the the reach is incredible. Like she is just all of these huge bands in the scene are like Haley, come sing on my song, and she's like, yeah, sure, what the heck. Um, yeah, and. It's just like it's very. She's got an impressive catalog, even without Paramore or her or Pedals for Armor. You yeah, know, she's really spread herself out. Yeah, I'm looking through this now, and uh, several of these I'd forgotten about. I remember when the Chariot did that song. That was I like even like before Riot. Um, so yeah, this is it, it's fascinating, and obviously people, and a lot of these honestly are like scene bands: Newfound Glory, Play right, yeah, Goals, the Chariot, Say Anything, yada yada. Um, how do you feel like the general public? So we mentioned this is coming out through Atlantic. It's going to be marketed widely for people that casually know Paramore. They like ain't it fun. Cause it was on the radio. Um, or they, you know, enjoyed after laughter when it came out. Cause it wasn't the pop punk thing for people that just kind of like have a general knowledge of Paramore. Do you think people attach Haley Williams to that band and understand what it is they're getting into here? I mean, you know, like you mentioned, she's been she was on that Zed song a few years ago. She's done stuff with churches, so she's expanded her reach as an individual artist. But I, I wonder if there's still people that like don't can't draw the lines as clearly, maybe as we can, just because we've been with her for so long. I would say so. Yeah, I feel like um, honestly, if I was not a like if I was a casual Paramore fan and I heard Simmer, I don't think that I would be into the album at all. Um, mm. I feel like it's almost so dark that it's off-putting but since we've been here for all of this time and we've like watched things happen in her life and we understand where these songs like um like have their root coming from i feel like we can stomach it better than somebody who's casual would um i don't know yeah. i guess we'll see how it yeah goes. it'll be interesting um you know the two songs we've heard so far you can't really picture those like on you know no, not 40 in- radio or something yeah, yeah. um and i don't think that's what she's trying to do anyway so um it, it'll be fascinating to see like how this all comes out and and what the response is i mean yeah. i know that i'm definitely going to be spending a lot of time with <laughs> with it um I think it the year. my album of the year and i know that's probably <laughs> biased but i'm hey. just gonna say that now sometimes you just know um oh. But going back to like Haley's going to go solo and she's going to make a cash grab. Like she's clearly not writing this album. She's clearly writing this album for herself and um, those who have been close to her. Um, And like, like you said, she's not writing it for top 40 radio. So I think even the way that she's decided to go solo has totally like taken everybody's expectations and putting them like put them on the back burner, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that is a, interesting point because during all those early conversations of oh what if Haley goes solo it was all this idea that she would just make dumb pop music or something um and which actually guess what paramore made pop music too but this is dumb though yeah for sure it's just that there was this connotation at the time that if she went solo it was strictly going to be for people that just kind of like turn on the radio and don't pay attention or something sorry i Um, just gotta defend after laughter yeah, and <laughs> I feel you. Um, but yeah, this is, and we had the whole conversation last year um, on this podcast about like, is genre even a thing anymore? Just with what we'd seen, uh, even what was happening last year. I mentioned Billie Eilish earlier of like, what what even is pop music at this point for artists that are making really great art? You know what I mean? It, right, it sounds yeah. 
different in all kinds of different ways. So um, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about, let's just, I don't know, posit that this will come out and she'll probably do a tour of some sort. Um, what would you expect from a Haley Williams solo tour? Who could you I, see on the bill? And honestly hope she doesn't because I won't be able to afford tickets. <laughs> like seriously, I'm going to be so upset if I, if she's touring and I can't make it. Well, let's say it's all dead can get you in to cover the show or something. Like, what, what would you ex- really great? What um, would you expect the experience to be? You know, I would say she would probably, I don't know. I wonder if she would take the more artistic route and definitely like go all out, almost like a Taylor Swift with like costumes and like bring the themes of the album out. Um, or if she kind of plays it more like a Paramore show and just kind of keeps it casual and just, you know, um, gives everybody like something, you know, to like just kind of distract yourself with, even though I don't think the album is going to be one of those. Let's play this because we're happy. Um, yeah. But I wonder if she would, I feel like she would take probably like a Phoebe Bridgers, maybe a Julian Baker. Mm. Um, I feel oh, like man. she would definitely lean into the um, like femininity of it all. Um which is actually like a theme that you can see coming out in that. So I'm, that's kind of my prediction. I tell you what, if Phoebe Bridgers and Julian Baker tour with Haley Williams, I mean, just take just all of my money right now. I'm going to be at that. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, um, that's really interesting. Cause I was trying to think in my head, like who makes sense on a tour like this. And I don't think it's some big, huge venue tour either. I could see like smaller to mid-sized venues being, a place for this type of thing to take place. That's you know? why I'm hoping it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It'll be just too small and I won't get tickets. Um, but yeah, I feel like you're right. It would, it would be more of a, like more of an intimate show. It wouldn't be like the time I saw Paramore, we were like way up at the back and I had to watch the show like from the screens. You know what I mean? I feel like it's not, it, I feel like that's not the vibe she's going for. Yeah. Well, we did a podcast. Was it last year where we did the uh, ranked the Paramore albums? Um, I can't remember. I if it so. was a year or two guys, years ago. You and Kyle did that one, and I, oh, that, you weren't on that. No, which I think we have to have a rehash of that. Yeah, we may have to do that again. And I remember for a while it felt like After Laughter was like your Paramore album, but then when we did the albums of the decade, uh, the self titled is the one that that made the list. Do you yeah, still feel like that's absolutely. your top album of theirs? I love that album. It's just, um, it's such a turning point for them. Um, I know I say that all the time, but it really was like that moment where they decided that they didn't want to be in the scene anymore. They wanted to do their own thing. Um, and Fueled by Ramen let them do it. And that's like what I think is the most special about it. They have the rapport with their record label to be like, no, we're going to make this album and we're going to decide what we do. And, you know, we're just going to have fun with it. So. Yeah, I think that I think I listed that as their top album, and I still feel that way. My favorite, the one that will always mean the most to me, is "All We Know Is Falling." That yeah. was just a moment I don't in time for me. My number one, just in case we do that again. Yeah, um, but you know what my number one is. Well, I mean, it's uh, it'll it'll be interesting, and I feel like once we actually have pedals for armor in our hands, we'll need to like kind of go back and revisit like our entire experience. Definitely, with, I feel like with this Haley will Williams. be a two podcast series. Um, because yeah. once that album comes out, I feel like there's going to be a lot of things to sit with and like, you know, mull over. Yep. Well, anything else you want to add to this before we, we wrap it up? I don't know. I think maybe just talk a little bit about the future of Paramore, I guess. Maybe they're done. Maybe they're not. 
Yeah. I mean, how would you feel if we never got another Paramore album? Because I, I feel like I would be fine. It's not like, you know, it's Paramore's been such an evolution for so long now. You know what I mean? Like right. if After Laughter had come out in 2007, when instead of Riot, that would have not made sense to me. Like Riot no. is what I needed in 2007. After Laughter is what I needed in 2017. You know what I mean? And yeah. they've given us so much. And it's been, is, what I'm saying is they didn't put out five versions of Riot. You right. know, so even if they put out something again, I, I guess my point here is like Haley Williams have put stuff out and I really like her as an artist and I, that's fine with me. I don't need it to be called Paramore instead, I guess. Yeah. And like I've been, I feel like I've been talking about this for the past year and a half. Like I'm over like the fangirl deal of I need albums every two years and then I need a tour. I need a whole album cycle where we get what we we as the fans want and it doesn't matter what happens to the band. Um, yeah. I feel like it's become very important to me. And I feel like, not to like bring the mood down, but I feel like almost since Chester Bennington died, I've had like this epiphany of like artists and humanity um, mm. that I didn't previously have, you know? So I feel like that's kind of been the turning point of me being like, nope, you guys do whatever you want. We're grateful for what we get. You've given us this. Um, because at the end of the day, it is their job and their job shouldn't make them like depressed. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I guess it is what it is. I guess I'm just, just love Paramore. Thankful for what I got from them. And if they decide they don't want to do anything else, then I will listen to the rest of their artistic endeavors. You know, whatever they are. Yeah, that's, you know, that's powerful. And I, I think, I feel like every generation has, those moments. Yeah. Um, and maybe Chester Bennington was, was one for recently. I know for me, uh, Kurt Cobain was a right, big moment yeah. for my mom. It was John Lennon. I mean, there's always these, these moments in time that kind of bring that, that realization um, forward and just kind of our own mortality and yeah. uh, the fact that um, we should cherish the art that we have um, as yeah. much as That's we can. Really so. With Kobe, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, I, you know, the great news, even if it's not called Paramore, Haley Williams is still making music and she is a great artist. And I am excited to see what we get with Pedals for Armor. And certainly uh, when it is here, we will be back on this podcast uh, to talk about it in great detail. But until yeah. then, uh, if you like our podcast, please uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, been fun to watch our uh, spotify listenership grow over the past year and um you know wherever it is that you consume your content uh make sure to follow or subscribe there and leave us a review on apple Podcasts if you get the chance and of course come visit us at it's all dead i finally got my review of halsey's manic done uh halsey as i've talked about is like um you know through each portion of my life i can point to specific artists that kind of define that that time in my life and for the past few years halsey has been that artist that means more to me than than anyone else and uh i am a very big believer um of her new album manic if you uh have heard it come visit us check out the review uh, leave us your thoughts as well um but yeah that's gonna do it for now we'll be back again soon we're getting back in the swing with a new year in front of us lots of uh good music to come nadia thanks so much for joining today and uh we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the it's all dead podcast If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.